It's rare, but it happens. It's live cooking on the dinner table talks. I've got a pot of black-eyed peas going. Mm, I love... It's actually southern peas, and I've been calling it by that a lot because it's not just black-eyed peas. It's Crowder peas, and it's purple hole peas, and getting people to know that we grow peas really well down here in the south, and we can grow all different varieties of them and all different flavors, and then you can cook them up into these delicious pots like you're making for tomorrow's event. Yeah, we're having a big group out tomorrow. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to have a bunch of folks out here mm-hmm. um, tomorrow. Everything's so beautiful. I was actually going to say, you remember how I've been talking about the caterpillars? Yeah. And the caterpillars are eating everything. Yeah. And you can't plant your baby spinach because the caterpillars are going to eat it. Right. The bad thing about caterpillars is they eat your baby plants and they make holes in your big leaves. But the good thing about them is mm-hmm. that they make a beautiful variety of butterflies. Yeah. All shapes, sizes, types I've never seen around our area outside of being at like museums where they do butterflies. So like, the caterpillar lettuce massacre of two or three weeks ago mm-hmm. has become the gorgeous butterfly gardens at Freedom Harvest Farm. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. It's going to be so gorgeous out here tomorrow. I'm yeah. looking forward to Nothing it. Nothing helps you clean up your house or your garden, garden. more mm-hmm. than guests coming over. Yeah. The house is a bit strewn though no, right now. No, forget about the house. I'm talking <laughs> about the outside looks incredible. Yeah, it's really nice. I'm looking forward to it. So a timer's going to go off in just a minute. And I'm going to bring the black-eyed peas in here for you to taste. You know why? Because mm-hmm. soup, soup. I love building a soup. Although it's not soup. <laughs> well, I like it a little soupier. But I'm building it like a soup. Okay, so tell us how you made them. I don't have a black-eyed pea recipe yet. Uh-huh. Your mom makes incredible black-eyed peas in the Instant Pot. That's her preferred method. She does. But she's making the bread and the Roselle jam for tomorrow's event. So yes. she had a job already. <laughs> so I slow cooked them tonight, added a little celery, a little bay leaf, a uh-huh. little onion, a handful of peppers that you gave me. They weren't all hot though. No, that was a really nice little harvest of the best variety I've had so far in my peppers kicking off again this fall. And I've got all kinds of little small snack peppers. I can't even remember all the different varieties. But then I also gave you a really big Anaheim pepper yeah. and two jalapenos, right. which all three of those are medium to hot peppers. Yeah. They've got a little kick to them, those black-eyed peas, as I was tasting the broth. I finally diced my bacon and put it in on low for a long time, letting the fat render come out of the bacon. Pull out the bacon, then throw in all those finely chopped vegetables we just listed. Mm-hmm. Get those soft. Follow this new technique I'm doing with garlic, uh-huh, where that? I put it in at the very end for 30 seconds to a minute while constantly stirring. Uh-huh. The recipes always call for you to put the garlic and the onion in at the beginning, uh-huh. but man, my garlic was just burning too often. Uh-huh. This is better anyway because it just releases the flavor and then add your broth, uh-huh. add the black eyed peas. Mm-hmm. You gave me a huge amount of black eyed peas. It must have taken you forever to shell them all. Oh, that's what part of what I do. Sit and shell peas and snap peas. And I've been trying to sell a lot of them because people really like them a lot. But then also we've been putting some back. Yeah, for this. Yeah. And to have a heaping bowl of that tomorrow is going to be real nice. Let it simmer. And when I say building a soup, it's, okay, 10 minutes in, let me taste this broth. Is it where I want it to be? Mm-hmm. Add some salt. Mm-hmm. Five, seven minutes later, taste this broth. Well, now you're here. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bring you a sample with the black eyed peas in it. And this is where we get to build and have fun. So live at the dinner table. That's right. Black Eyed Peas on course tonight. You know, I got to thinking about music 
yeah. after that question at the end where oh, I couldn't up, answer. Yeah, it's come up at the dinner table a couple like, of times. No, that was a terrible response. It like, was lame. Those random questions of the week can throw you off your game if they hit you all <laughs> over the head out, yeah, I did out of nowhere. not do that one justice at I, all. I, it's so funny you say this. Is week. it fair that you could to come back and re-answer the it's question? It's the dinner table. We can do whatever we want to. Good point. Uh, I, was, I had the same thought and I brought something to the table. Good, good. The random question of the week last week was a great one, actually. What band, if it was announced for next year's ACL, would get you really excited? Mm -hmm. That's a fun question. Yeah. But both of us just drew a blank. Yeah. I went in and looked at the festival lineups of other festivals to ascertain who's touring at festivals Uh this year. Oh, fun, fun. Uh Uh-oh, do you hear that? Yeah. To be continued because I got to go get my beans. Okay. Okay, I present to you these black eyed peas and the broth. Those are 25 minutes at a simmer. Oh, look at there's one of my tiny little cherry tomatoes in there. Yep. Slurp it. Mm. Where are we at? Snaps are so damn good, man. These still need to be cooked longer. 10 minutes? Probably. All right. This, the broth is fantastic. And there's a little kick to it, but it's not bad. You put some of um, the turkey hollow bacon in it, right? Yeah. I finally dice it and mm-hmm. render that fat out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are not like vegetarian beans. No, no, no. <laughs> Here's a question I have for our listeners. Because now I'm going to sit here and eat a bowl of beans. Mm. Do you guys put snaps with your peas? Because I love snaps. The young the young peas before they become the big giant peas where the Oh, when you get black eyed peas, it's usually the a big pea, pea only. Uh-huh. But you're talking about the little pieces of pre-shelled. It's like a green bean, basically. Yeah, those are good. We always put those in. Yeah, you have to. Okay. Coachella. Mm-hmm. It's in California. Big music festival. Dang, this is good. <laughs> I'm literally like slurping the bowl, you guys. You know, I've probably told this story, but I'm going to tell it again. I used to eat a bowl of black eyed peas when I went to college. I had out of I would, a can. Yeah, the, there was a certain brand. I can't remember what the brand was, but it bushes? was bushes. No, 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 silver um, can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They also made the little and they had peas um, with the onions in them. Yeah, that that was their thing. Something and they like put that? onions in theirs and snaps. Yeah, make myself a bowl of canned black eyed peas. When's the last time you had a can of black eyed peas like that? I haven't because we always have our own for years. That's delicious. Okay, Coachella. Okay. I guess I'm asking, is this the band that gets you jazzed? Mm-hmm. Billie Eilish? No. The Weeknd? Sure. Yeah. Because all the kids would be there. Well, for sure. It would be a good show, too. Yeah. Harry Styles? Totally. I would see Harry Styles. That's, uh, that's fun. I like to dance. Anywhere I can dance. Swedish House Mafia? I don't, I don't think I know them. And neither do I. I should look them up. Like, we should look these people up. Lil Baby? I don't know. Lil Baby. Megan the Stallion? I've heard of that. She just hosted Saturday Night Live. What does she sing? Oh, please. <laughs> she was on WAP with Cardi B. Okay. Gotcha. Phoebe Bridgers. I don't know any of these people. <laughs> okay, here was the uh, 2002 Lollapalooza lineup. Okay. Didn't come to ACL, played Lollapalooza. Uh-huh. Metallica. Uh, yeah, I don't give a shit about I that. I <laughs> Oops, sorry. would definitely go see Metallica. <laughs> a lot of people would just be mad at me right now. Dua Lipa. Yeah, Dua Lipa's great. That'd be fun. She would, she would put on a really fun show. J. Cole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. J. Cole. Green yeah. Day. Mm. Hmm. Doja Cat. Savannah would want to go. She'd go so. nuts. Yeah. Okay, here's a change of pace. The New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival lineup from 2022. Mm-hmm. The Who. 
Yeah. Depending on who was against the who, yeah, I would definitely want to see the who. Okay. Stevie Nicks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Foo, Foo Fighters? Yeah. I'd go see the Foo Fighters if we were there. If we were at ACL and the Foo Fighters were there and something better wasn't competing with them, I would see the Foo Fighters. Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefer Band. Fuck, dude. I haven't seen Jimmy Buffett and I probably should, but... I've seen him a lot. I feel so, like, already affected by that. I went through a Jimmy Buffett <laughs> I, I know. phase. <laughs> way pre-you... But Sean, my best friend and I, mm-hmm. we went to three or f- we were repaired heads That's for funny. a period of time. That's funny. Erica Badu. Yes, for sure. Yes, she would be on my list up there. Willie Nelson. Yes, I've seen Willie though several times. Uh, Willie Nelson, you got to catch him right now, probably. Yeah. Okay, from the forty-three most anticipated tours of fall two thousand twenty-two, I just grabbed some other bigger names. Adele. I would see Adele for sure. That would be a good performance. I would definitely go see Adele. Yeah. I bet she puts on a great show. Yeah. Coldplay. Meh. I've seen, Didn't them, a we co- see I've, them? I've seen it, them a couple of times. Yeah. And they weren't, they're, it's always just a show. What if Kendrick Lamar came back? Totally. Totally. The Killers. The Killers were fun, right? The Killers. We had, we, we've seen the Killers and they were super mm, I fun, right? I haven't seen right? the Killers. I like them. I like their music. I'm going to have to check that out. Okay. Here's the last one that I brought. Okay. Dave Matthews Band. Uh, I've already seen him three times, and I've I'm so seen over him it. Double that. I never listen to Dave anymore. I don't either. I, heard, I mean, every once in a while, I might let a crash slip in, or something else. I would definitely go see Dave Matthews Band. It's been way too long, and, and it, it would be a fun, nostalgic. I wouldn't go out of my way for it. I can promise you that. No, I actually thought of my own. I, I thought about this. What'd you come up with? I need Lilith Fair to happen, and it to be. The Lilith Fair originals. Okay. The OG Lilith Fair. Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, but she's not... That's not one I'm super into. Tori Amos. Yes. Tori Amos, Fiona Apple. Uh-huh. Ani DeFranco. Okay. There's a whole bunch more that I'm not even naming, but like... This is what you're listening to these days? No, well, I listen to everything, but it is one of the things that... There's certain constants. You know that about me. So it's like, you know the Fugees are going to be playing... Mm. You know that Tribe's going to be playing. Yeah. You can know that some of the 90s crowd of musicians, Cranberries, you know, uh, that's going to be playing. You know that some of the um, folk, 2010 indie folk stuff is going to be playing. And then you know, like, hippie music. all Anything that can fall into the category of hippie music. She's like a rainbow. Well, that's the Rolling Stones. It's hippie music. Wait, I have to say this. I just have to because I feel they feel left out. <laughs> I love rap music. Uh-huh. I love gangster rap. Oh, yeah. I love the original stuff. Oh. I love t- the way they do it today. I just didn't think NWA would get together and play ACL, but if they did... Yeah. <laughs> I love gangster rap. Who did you have in mind? NWA and Easy e were mine. Um, DMX always comes to yeah. the top of my list, but all of them. Yeah. Snoop Dogg was my... I went down with Snoop Dogg, like in the original OG. See, this is when our age gap is interesting because Snoop, Doggy Style, The Breakout, mm. What's My Name? All of it. Gin and Juice mm-hmm. was my oh, junior year, sophomore year of college. So you were a few years before that. I was a freshman in high school. I was deep into that album. But yeah. prior to that in high school, like I would sneak cassette tapes. That's my thing. I had NWA. Yeah. I could sing Gangsta Gangsta right now <laughs> by heart 
from memory if you needed me to. Cruising down the street in my six four. <laughs> Jocking to ooh, slapping. It's, it's difficult. It's, some of those lyrics are a little uh, I uncomfortable roll now. I hard in my car, windows down, music as loud as it will blast. And all four of our kids do that too. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. If I'm driving and I can even remotely roll the windows down, it's happening. Loud. I'm screaming. I love music. Uh-oh. Bean time. Okay, I present the black-eyed peas cooked for 10 more minutes. Do I add salt? Do I add broth? Are they done? Hot, hot, hot. Careful. That's hot. Oh, yeah. They're, they're simmering in a low boil. I was so anxious. Don't burn your mouth. That's the worst. Are they done? No. They're done. Turn them off. Yep. Okay. I'm being extra loud while I eat because I want to make sure y'all feel like you're at the dinner table. And if you actually came to eat with me at the dinner table, I wouldn't eat this loud in your ear. <laughs> Ooh. This was mine. Are the little sandwich cookies mm-hmm. macarons, as you said, or macaroons? The answer is macarons. However, there is a macaroon mm-hmm. that shares the idea of it being a high egg white cookie. I also remember macaroons being these like coconut puff pastry, like coconut. That's what I'm talking things. about. Yeah. A macaron is almond flour, sugar, egg white, salt, and vanilla extract. Some people are going to use a different extract or different flavorings because, as you know, at the farmer's market, certainly, and at that event that we were talking about last week where macarons came up, Mm -hmm. those were honey, but we've seen strawberry and cookies and cream. And at the farmer's market, there are two or three vendors, they kind of rotate them through, I guess, but they make the most incredible macarons. And when I see a macaron, Mm. those honey ones were golden with little specks of probably dark, coarse brown sugar on top. Oh, yeah. But I fawned over them last week. They look hard to make. It looks like that would take a lot of practice. That's a 10,000-hour dessert right there, as beautiful as I see them at the farmer's market in places. Yeah, probably so. I went over to my mom and dad's house for some stuff today to get, you know, for the event ready. Mm -hmm. And the house smelled like cookies. Mm. I was like, oh, this smells like grandma's house. And my mom said... That's your dad making some gluten-free cookies. And I said, well, then I came to the right grandpa's house. At the right time. I got a warm cookie today. And you brought me one over. I'll eat it in just a second. Oh, no. You have to go get your own. Now, let's look at the ingredients for making coconut macaroons. Okay. Shredded coconut, sweetened condensed milk, your egg whites, salt, and vanilla extract again. Mm. And they're a drop cookie. They're shaped like a Hershey Kiss kind of, but Mm -hmm. a blobbier cookie. Mm Mm-hmm. I haven't you had should a, make me some things. I haven't had a macaroon delicious. in a really long time. Hey, Lillian called me because we told the kids or my mom texted the group, the family, and said, hey, we're having Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day. This time, we're having it out in the pavilion. It's potluck. This is what we're going to have. So later on, when we saw the kids this last weekend, Cortland, I don't know, one of them asked, are we supposed to bring a, a potluck thing? And I was like, we got you covered. So Lillian is talking to me and she says, hey, I want to get a pumpkin pie from a local place here in College Station, but mm-hmm. will you pay for it? 
It's like, yes. If you had me covered anyway, can you just send the cash and I would bring something? Right, exactly. That's nice, though. I mean, right? Get yeah. into the potluck spirit of it. Yeah. But she goes, guess what? I found a gluten-free place. Oh. So she's bringing that, and I'm going to ask her to bring a coconut cream pie because they have that, too. I'm going to have pie on Thanksgiving, y'all. Both, both gluten-free? Yes. Fantastic. I know. Did we talk about it last week? I guess we forgot that we went to a restaurant here locally called The Lookout. Oh. We'd been intending on going, uh-huh. but I went to the menu, like I have to, and we're going to go to a new restaurant, mm-hmm. like I have to, like I enjoy doing, uh-huh. to see what's going to be on the menu. Because sometimes we look at the menu, it's like, no, no reason to go, because they don't have anything that's gluten-free, or if you get a salad or something, nothing remarkable or interesting. Yeah. I get to this place's website, it says 100% of our menu, with the exception of sandwiches, are gluten-free. But if you want a sandwich, we've got you covered. So cool. Now, if you've listened to us for any length of time, that's our only criticism of local restaurants. We have got our favorite local restaurants, and we have found the ones that will do a gluten-free something for us when when they're doing something special. Yeah. This is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So we went straight to that restaurant. Yeah. I'm mixed on the food. Yeah, I agree with you, but I still But there was was some really really, good stuff. Yeah, I was really happy. I liked it. We kind of went nuts, like... You would. <laughs> That's what we it's do. a gluten-free restaurant wonderland. Uh-huh. Fried pickles. Yeah, that was, we had we a lot much, of things. We got too much food. It was weird the chickens left to see gluten. I mean, I guess it was corn. I mean... It was different, batter than the fried oysters, which I thought was the best thing that we got. Yeah, the we fried got fried oysters. and fried. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember feeling like really anything eating that stuff, but it was good. I enjoyed it, and I think we should go back. And yes. the lookout was nice to be on the little deck yeah. and everything. I loved it. Let's do it. Last week, we were talking about that fundraiser we went to, and you said something about public funding, mm-hmm. and I did not know what you were talking about. I was explaining the support that I give to the, specifically to this nonprofit, this grassroots, in my opinion, nonprofit, and me being very clear about my support for them, and that the things that I support are they go after specific rules, laws, policies that the farmers ask them to go after. Cottage food laws. Right. uh, Egg laws. And they win. And they do a good job of that. But the thing is, is that a gathering like that brings together everyone that is the advocates and activists of that particular... Industry? Industry. I guess that's the right way of saying it. Industry. Yeah. That's the right way of saying it. And I personally, as far as public funding is go, goes, I'm not advocating for that really anymore. Like, I'm not saying to farmers, go get federal funding. Uh, I'm not I advocating see. for that. So okay, I just want to be clear about that. The thing is, is that we're not going to stop public funding from occurring. And I'm not saying it should necessarily stop. I'm just saying that I'm encouraging farmers to look for other options than public funding. That's the truth. And so when it comes to that group and that conversation, I want to be very clear about what it is that I personally support. You're encouraging farmers to break the system? Oh, um, I'm encouraging everyone to break the system. There's been a lot of, you've been calling it bad juju around our chicken run in our backyard. was. I'm working hard. I haven't burned sage yet, although (laughs) I asked you to do that. Bad vibe around our coop. It's real easy to change a bad vibe. But there's good vibe too. There's mm-hmm. good things happening. Absolutely. But a exactly. bunch of bad it. happened. Yeah. In a short period of time. It was just calling for our attention. 
I guess so. Yeah. We have chickens. Mm-hmm. About 28 adults and 10 babies. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about backyard chickening tomorrow at the thing. I suppose if I have ownership over any of the garden and farming stuff, like mm-hmm. ownership, mm-hmm. it's the chickens. Right. Totally. Those are your chickens. I tell people that. Well, so we've got the coop and we've got the run right in our backyard. We also have a portable chicken coop across the way that you use in the gardens with a tunnel system mm-hmm. that comes out of this small on wheels enclosure where they sleep at night Mm -hmm. and they go into the rows of your gardens and they do all the weeding for you and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And we rotate four chickens into that and then out of it after they've been there for a week or so. Mm -hmm. That night we had that horrible storm where the tree blew over. Yeah. The next morning I went out to check on the chickens. Mm -hmm. It was a Saturday and they were gone and the tunnels were all skewed. Mm -hmm. I figured they got blown around a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. But then I found the first body, mm-hmm. and then I found the second body, mm-hmm. and it was shit. The raccoons that our neighbors had talked about had made their presence on our property be known. Mm-hmm. So we lost three great hens. One of them survived and yeah. put her in the rehab facility, mm-hmm. which is a cage in the coop, mm-hmm. yeah. and let her get strengthened up again. And then she let you know, I'm ready to get back with my friends, please. Mm-hmm. So that's the first juju. And we've talked about our roosters, Nimrod, white, silky rooster. And Mr. Man, a black silky rooster. Mm. We talked about how we got Mr. Man and fixed him. Yeah. By talking to his previous owner who said, oh, he's old. Yeah. But we love Mr. Man and we love Nimrod. We settled on two roosters because that's good for a flock of 26 females. Mm -hmm. Because when we moved out here, we got our two roosters. We did not have roosters at the house because you weren't allowed to in city limits because they cock-a-doodle-doo. I think the size of our run Mm -hmm. can only handle two roosters. Okay, that's something interesting, I think if we keep another rooster outside of the, the run, that would be okay, too. As long as it was one that got along with us. So everything's tooling around fine. Pecking order is real. And in the pecking order, Nimrod was at the top. Young Buck mm-hmm. could boss Mr. Man around, could win the fight. Mm-hmm. In the last few weeks, I have seen Mr. Man assert himself. Maybe he's fully well. Maybe he's just got a pep in his step because of the time of year. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he was bossing Nimrod around a little bit, and Nimrod let him do it. Mm-hmm. So the other night, I went out to the run, as I'll do, to check on things, and I see a possum inside the run. Mm-hmm. Door shut, no problem, but just, damn it, there's a possum here. Mm-hmm. Then a couple nights later, I come home late on a Monday, and you say, man, those chickens were making a racket out there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, shit, possum. And I run out there, and I look in the coop, and everything's okay, except that I don't see Nimrod. He gets in the coop at night. So I look under the coop where Mr. Man hangs out at night. If I don't help him into the coop, he's an old man. And there's Nimrod. So I grab him. And Aislinn, I pulled out the most gruesome thing I've ever seen in my time managing any animals that I have my entire life. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get into too much detail. Thank you. But I made the assumption that Mr. Man, who'd been asserting himself and had, had I thought, injured Nimrod, mm-hmm. had gone to town. Yeah, and they do peck at each oh, other. yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that he was already, like, wounded somehow. And they pick at each other. Yeah. You know, they get the upper hand and they start doing it. So, yeah, it was a bummer. So Nimrod met his end. And that makes me very sad because we'd only had him a year and it was our first rooster. And I, he was gorgeous and I loved him. He was great. Yeah, farm life. I know. Farm life. This is wildlife-friendly farming. 
That's what this is. Mm -hmm. And so learning how to deal with that. Then they came a couple nights later, the possums came a few more nights. Well, I saw that the eggs had been chewed up on. Yeah. The door didn't get shut. And if there's an entry, the possums will go in, eat the eggs, all you can eat buffet, and then leave. Mm -hmm. I was like, damn it. And I started setting possum traps. Yep. And I have caught two possums. Yeah. Here is the wildlife-friendly farming conversation. I work very hard at not killing anything here. And I look at every situation and understanding the regenerative value of each life. Yeah. Each life. Everything every tree, fits into an ecosystem if we weren't here. Why? animal, every insect. Yeah. Everything has to exist some way. But there are times when we have to handle things. First of all, we lost a rooster because the rooster was doing its job. Now, the first possum I caught in a trap. The second possum I caught red-handed eating eggs before I could get out there to put the trap up. Possums are actually really helpful. Yeah. As long as they're not eating your eggs. Right. And they will eat a chicken given the right chance. Mm. If they're fighting back, they will certainly mm. fuck somebody up. <laughs> but the first one was a female and she was really clean and we live out near a wildlife refuge, like down the road. We live out on, near the Copano Bay. We live out in a place where possums can live. They can live. Sure. So that's the first thing I learned whenever we, in the backyard, with the backyard chickens, is that at nighttime, it's a whole of the world oh, out yeah. there. And yeah. you've got possums yeah. in your backyard. Yeah. We have a skunk that digs up our mulch every Yeah, that's our next every adventure. Day. Every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a skunk around. And the skunk is eating the grubs. Well, They're all in all my gardens. Yeah, we saw the skunk. It's not a very big one. No. It's a little one. But then it's, you don't really want a skunk living under your house. So you don't want a skunk living, spraying Well, yeah, just dog. Yeah. Exactly. That'll Things we have to deal with. Coming soon on Dinner Table Talks. Skunk trapping. So after you got the first one, you trapped the first one. Yeah. The second night, there was another one out. Yeah, I went out to set the possum trap. Mm-hmm. and check on everybody and it was relatively early it was after dark Dusk, but it was relatively uh, early and i go into the coop mm-hmm. with my headlamp on and look up into the egg box and mm, <laughs> there he was <laughs> so i go on up in there with my headlamp on that's important the mm-hmm. possum jumps down on the floor mm-hmm. chickens cannot see well in the dark yeah at all really that's why at dusk, they put they themselves to sleep into yeah. some of the safest place they can find and then wait, hope and hope that mm-hmm. <laughs> the morning comes and they make it yeah. in the wild. <laughs> when Mr. Man, who I was so mad at. Yeah, because of the other situation, you killing, thought he had done I it. thought he'd killed Nimrod. Yeah. When Mr. Man saw that possum. I think he did kill Nimrod, but I don't think he started the problem. <laughs> like... I don't know. I wasn't there. Because yeah. Mr. Man's on my green, on my good list again. Well, that's fine. He but... went after that possum. Yeah. I'm kicking your ass. My ladies are in here. How uh-huh. dare you invade my thing? Uh-huh. I think at night when, unless the possum gets into a nesting box that a chicken is in, the chickens may not even know that the possum's in there. Right. Yeah. Because they can't see it. Right. But as soon as Mr. Man could, he was ready to tussle. And I'm like, I don't think you can win, Mr. Man. So I'm I'm trying to get Mr. Man off. Yeah. I turn off my light. Yeah. I so put Mr. See. Man away so he can't get hurt. And then, yeah. you know, and then I got the possum on out of there. Oh. Your dad told me the next day, I think that a possum got into the coop and Nimrod went after the possum yeah. Yeah. and lost that battle. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. And seeing everything now, yeah, and seeing the condition that Nimrod was in, yeah, 
I tend to agree with this thesis. Yeah. So now I just continue setting possum traps. And it might take a while because possums, they breed like rabbits. Well, the thing about possums is, is that you kind of never win that battle. No. Because you move them out and a new one, a new one moves in. <laughs> and the chicken coop is a bait point. But you know what I mean? I guess everything's like that and out here in a rural area, yeah. you know. like No, I think I would catch several and then stop catching. And then I would need to begin setting traps after a period of time when exactly as you say. So my dad says if you use the smaller trap. Yeah, they come in different sizes. Yeah. That will catch the skunk. And he was explaining to me that the reason that that works is because because it's so small... The skunk can't put its tail up and right. spray. Right. It contains so the skunk you, better. And then you can take the skunk somewhere safe. Seriously, you guys, we live like down the street from well, open. We're going to do that not open. in my car. Open. We're going to do that. We're not going to be able to put a skunk in your car? That's no, not a good idea. Oh, my God. What are we going to do about that? Now, the reason we moved that portable coop back over to our house is because the babies have gotten too big for the brooder box. Right. And now they are... In their own coop, mm-hmm. just growing up big enough to try to win a fight when we put the two flocks now Which together. is a ways away. They're still pretty small. Yeah, they're very small. Have you been doing a head count on them each night? Yeah. Yeah, I wonder because I'm like, oh, I'm always afraid if they're going to get out. There's a little tiny one in there. Yeah. And we have to be careful of yeah. her. I love our chickens. Yep. Tomorrow, I will be giving a Backyard Chicken 101 talk. It's one that I've done many times. Yeah. And I say, these are the pros. There are very few cons. It's labor intensive up top to get your coop the way it needs to be, to build it. The ones that I've found at box stores, prefab things, you've got to get up into the thousand dollars and up to buy anything that makes any sense for those predators to stay out of it. So build your own coop. But once you get that labor done at the beginning, it's like having a dog, cats, it's food and water and they put themselves to bed and they get themselves up at night and then you get the fresh eggs and it's therapeutic and meditative and wonderful but you do have to solve problems like anything else yes you and do. you do have to deal with the fact that you have lives in your own hands yeah and you have to take every piece of that into consideration and that's the thing all out here on the farm wildlife friendly everything we're doing is this great interaction yeah. of life it's really challenging and awesome especially when on our anniversary night oh yeah yeah you get Freshly made, gluten-free yeah. chicken and dumplings. This is a, a total score, you guys. Now, I will total have score. to say, I will have to say uh-huh. that you'll need to continue improving on the dumplings. I have to say the same thing. But it was really good. I enjoyed it. And I ate, I ate it all. I yeah. ate leftovers of it. I ate it. It was good. And that's a lot because I'm very picky about chicken and dumplings. They have to be... The old school way that my grandmother made them. And gluten-free is not the old school way my grandmother oh, made them. Oh, we can get it there. We yeah. can We can get it there. Because yeah. gluten-free cooking, if you are not baking, is not hard to do. But we are used to, we have been trained to what flour gravies are like. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it is right. difficult to recreate a flour gravy, which mm-hmm. is what's missing here. Yep. Let me tell you how I did it. They want you to put your whole chicken in a large pot of water and cook it and make your own broth that way. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that because I wanted it to be richer. Yeah, that's how I would have done it always in the past too. What's that? I would have boiled the chicken in the water and then, of course, to debone the chicken. But then I would also still use my own broth as well. Okay. To really make it... Richer. Mm-hmm. Exactly. However you get your broth, your chicken's cooked. Mm-hmm. I did mine in the Instant Pot. 
and then you saute your onions, carrots, and celery. Add the broth. You used some of my carrots. I did. Mm -hmm. Your onions always. Add your broth, let it simmer. Then after you take your chicken apart, Mm -hmm. you add the chicken meat to the soup. Salt and pepper. That's all. Yep. Now you used to make your dumplings, because this was always your dish, chicken and dumplings, Mm -hmm. with like a pioneer baking mix kind of thing. Yeah, sometimes I tried different things, but that was always my favorite. It was so freaking Mm -hmm. easy. So freaking easy. This is your all-purpose gluten-free flour. You just get it at the grocery store. Two beaten eggs, baking powder, your fresh parsley, and salt. A little bit of chicken broth, and that's your dough. Mm-hmm. And you just drop them into your boiling broth with the chicken already in it. Mm-hmm. What happens with the Pioneer baking mix or a flour-based is that some of that flour just naturally falls yep. off into the water, and then it's kind of thickening into the gravy. Yep. That's not happening here. Yeah. And I was really good at making really good dump- oh, dumplings. Oh, fucking A. Because I, I learned how to play with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's baking mix, you guys. How hard is it? But still, like, you have to do it right to where you don't end up with this technique. super, don't like, your doughy skills. thing that you have to, like, cut into with your spoon. Yeah. No, mine were, like, these huge biscuits, basically. Really softly padded biscuits. And then I would throw them down in the water. Mm-hmm. And the the stuff would come off the outside so easily, but it would cook down in the center like a perfect biscuit, like a perfect biscuit, you guys. And then you could just like stick your spoon through it and it would take the broth down through the middle of it and you can get like a bite of biscuit out of like your chicken broth water. Right. I'm drooling right now. These are some of my favorite foods on the planet. So since you love chicken and dumplings and it's such an easy thing to make, I think that's all that it's going to take is just really experimenting with the gluten-free baking to understand the different flours and things that are available. Yeah. The one I use was the supermarket version of Pioneer Baking Mix or Bisquick, if you don't know what Pioneer is, that that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But for the the gluten-free thing, just a bag of... Gluten-free Just like you flour. gluten-free pancake mix. Like, yeah, yeah. We haven't made those yet. Yeah. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. This might be Sunday morning thing. So, yeah, that makes sense to me now. If I think about like, oh, yeah, there's got to be a gluten-free biscuit dough mix. Yeah, just without it being flour and the way flour reacts to that heat right. and oil to make your, basically make on the spot the, is the mother sauce challenge so far away from where we are that I can't remember the name of the one that's the flour and the butter and the fat? The cream sauce. Bechamel. Thank you. You should make a chicken pot pie. Oh. I made a gluten-free chicken pot pie. It was, the, it was the same exact story. The filling was great. Uh-huh. The crust was lacking. Mm, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. Chicken pot pie. I've got carrots for you already. Onions. Yes. Okay, this is it. If you know how to do this kind of what we're talking Green about, beans. you're making a gravy in uh-huh. addition to the filling. For gluten-free, you mean? Yeah. Cool. Reach out all the ways you can. We're on all the social media. You can do a voicemail at dinnertabletalks.com. You can send an email. Come on. I'm also curious to know, somehow ever anyone could tell us, how many people out there that listen to our podcast practice any gluten-free recipes oh you're curious yeah i'd be curious to know like is our audience people that are gluten-free tell me if this is, is our the... audience people that yeah. we're willing to eat gluten-free yeah is our audience people that like we're just listening to this for other reasons we we ignore your gluten-free shit savannah had her fall play last night uh-huh her mom flew in for it yes. her brother drove in for it yeah yeah and we had so a great cool. dinner afterward it was such a nice evening and there was a lot of conversations. There really was. Good about conversations. 
tell me some of the things that you're doing with your diet and why, because my body's changing and we're all getting older and we're trying to be healthier too. Yeah. People don't want to feel bad, you no. know? And I think that's it. Like more people. And then, and then here's the thing. If you're an even remotely an intelligent person and you feel bad all the time, but mm. you hear other people going, hey, I'm starting to feel better because I'm just making a few changes in my life. Remotely intelligent people go, huh, I wonder what they're doing. Now, that doesn't mean that it's super easy to change the habits that have that you've already created to do those things. But asking the initial questions is where it starts anyways. So I love it. I, I love remember when like gluten-free became a thing. I was like, huh? Yeah. Prejudice. Well, it was Gluten's weird because it became be good a for big you marketing bread's good. thing. It became a big marketing thing where it was like Skittles said gluten-free on them. And at first it didn't feel like that was a real thing happening. But then more of the conversations about like wheat belly and GMO wheat and just all of those different types of things. Anyways. Yeah. Whatever. <sighs> well, I deal with got, it. It's what it is. You said I need to start eating gluten-free and I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to convince you no. And yeah, I began amending my style and I, it, it's, it's not a thing you miss. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you ever did like an Atkins diet or a South Beach diet, you already know. Cut bread out of your diet for two weeks. It, it, your weight falls off of you. Oh, yeah. My thing is I've been Whole30 back on again. Yeah. I'm trying to be cautious about everything as it relates to sugar or anything that causes inflammation. And I know that dairy causes inflammation in my body. So I'm going to skip dairy often. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to cut dairy completely out of my life. Yeah. Alcohol. I'm going to skip alcohol often, but that doesn't mean I'm going to cut alcohol out of my life. Yeah. Never say never. Corn. I mean, every, it's everything really. Corn needs to be less in my life. I can't just switch from wheat to corn because corn then becomes a problem too, mm -hmm. you know? But I can tell the difference. I can tell like my wrists start to swell and my my joints start to hurt right. when, when I'm eating too much sugar. And it was, I, I was like, oh, oh yeah. Okay. All right. Did you notice you. none of that during the whole 30? No. Mm -mm. That wasn't a thing. I didn't feel that pressure in my joints. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my sugar. That's my, that's inflammation big time, mm -hmm. but it's very well could be dairy too. And I'm really not doing much, much dairy at all anymore. Well, Hey, while we're in this intellectual vibe, why don't you kick over a question that we can deep dive into. Out of all the different art forms, which is your favorite? Painting, sculpture, film, drawing. Now I'm just having fun listing art forms. Theater. Design. You go to a museum to see design? A design museum. But yes, when you go to a museum, you might actually be looking at sculptures and a piece of a drawing or a piece of art on the wall or something like that. But a designer always looks at it from line, shape, color, space, you know, all of the different themes that make up design. So design is, you know, the placement of things. You know what design is. But design is an art. Like I, but I, those were the and those were the fine arts classes that I took. I took design fine arts classes. If I went back to get a degree, it would be design would be my focus. Is design arts. as you're defining it? Because we go to art museums when we can. It's I love going to an art museum. I guess the last time we went was in Houston. We went to the fine arts museum to that impressionist exhibit that had the Monets and Chagalls and a Picasso was in there. But also in that museum was string that was in a huge cube mm -hmm. 
And when you pass through it, it had been dyed yes. colors, the string, so that the colors were shifting as you pass through this yes. design? Yep. Gotcha. Yep. You needed to put it on a piece of fine art. But design is everything. Mine's film, of course. Yeah. So let's not talk about that one. My second favorite would definitely be painting. I'm more a fan of the Impressionists Forward than the Renaissance-type master paintings. Renoir, or Monet, or Chagall, or Picasso. Ooh. But, that's move- but that's, art- that's moving into modern. I would say that if film is your favorite fine art, then film is your favorite fine art, it is. right? Period. So I can say like... Hmm, we just talk about my love of I film so often. I can say so like ske- sketches and drawings yeah. are my... You know, I, let me think about this. No, because even when I move through a museum, I look at pieces of artwork for design every time. What am I attracted to? What types of art am I attracted to? Mm-hmm. It always has to do with line, color, space, design. That It's 100% about design. So to me, that's what is your, that to me, that's like, what is my fine art focus? Like, what's my fine art so what is your fine art? Visual arts, film, paintings, theater, theater, mm-hmm. your fine art is visual arts. See, look what I did for you. You're really showing off that degree. I studied fine arts. Yeah. You welded. Correct. I studied fine arts at graduate you pu- level. You poured bronze. I did. Mm. I studied fine arts as an undergraduate because mm-hmm. I was studying visual arts communication and design Mm -hmm. so i did graphic design and illustration electronic imaging and stuff like that but design boom that shit's cool and it's funny because lily's been talking to me about how she wants to do human development and community development and also she likes design and i'm like "Mm, that's funny (laughs) it is funny though when your kid likes the thing you like (laughs) because hunter and i talk movies all the time Mm -hmm. it's our favorite thing to do it's good stuff Watching our kids grow up and talking about music and talking about arts and talking about food and talking about like our opinions about public funding and all of that good stuff. This was a great episode and I'm looking forward to the future ones. I love you. Bye. Good night. <laughs>I went down with Snoop Dogg. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you.